Hello and welcome to the first IT Career Questions podcast. My name is Zach Hill and I have been doing the IT Career Questions YouTube channel for the past five years now. If you're unfamiliar with this channel, please visit youtube.com slash IT Career Questions. There's going to be a link in the description of this podcast as well. For more background on me, I've been in the IT field for the past 17 plus years, filling roles all the way from entry level to administrator positions within the field. I've been really passionate about helping people and showing them the vision of working in IT. So the IT Career Questions channel was created so that I could help people and give back. And with this, I've built a very large community and made a lot of great partnerships and friendships with people, especially IT professionals, who I also bring on our channel and interview to hear what they have to say about working in IT. So what you're gonna find on the official IT Career Questions podcast are going to be replays from interviews that I have done with people. You can find the video version on the YouTube channel, but we're also gonna provide these replays here on this podcast. We will also be doing custom unique podcasts for this podcast specifically, so make sure you guys stay tuned for those. In our first episode of this podcast, though, I wanna welcome on Mr. Heath Adams, who goes by the Cyber Mentor on all of the social medias. He is a cybersecurity professional, and we're gonna talk to him today and hear about his story on how he got involved in IT and eventually moved over to cybersecurity. So he's gonna share that story as well as give us advice on what you can do to start your career in cybersecurity. So welcome to the IT Career Questions podcast. Welcome, Mr. Heath Adams. Let's get this podcast started. Stay tuned for more. Thank you very much. Yo, what's going on YouTube? This is Zach with IT Career Questions. If you're new here, we help people who are looking to get into the IT field. And with that, today we have a special guest. He's the myth, the legend. He's the cyber mentor, Mr. Heath Adams. I want to welcome him onto the show with us because he's going to be helping us answer some questions about cybersecurity. So welcome to the show, Mr. Heath Adams. How are you doing? Hey, thanks, Zach. I appreciate you having me. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and helping out the community. That's uh, yeah. a big thing, man. I, re I really do appreciate that. I know the viewers will appreciate that as well. So I first want to start this off by getting your story. And I, I know your story because I've, I've followed you for a while now, but it's a very interesting story. And I think it can definitely help people who are, you know, looking to transition within the IT field or security that really, it stands out. So if you don't mind, go ahead and, and tell us about you. Sure. I'll, I'll try to give you a brief rundown, but, uh, so I started, I started back in pretty much, uh, accounting. I was, I was an accountant around 2012. I graduated, uh, college and went into a field that I thought was, you know, safe for me and just safe because everybody needed an accountant. And um, that that decision for me was actually because I, I kind of grew up on the poor side. Uh, so I, I just wanted a job where I knew I could make good money, I could have, you know, a safe field and I could be prosperous if I if I worked hard at it. Um, quickly into my accounting job career, I realized that I did not like anything about accounting whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't realize that in college, I was pretty good at it. But uh, once I got into the field, I realized like, you're working 60, 70 hours a week, and you're making pretty much when you break it down, like minimum wage, uh, after the salary and everything else. So it was, uh, it was a struggle trying to find 
what I wanted to do in, in my career. And for me, I had always been into computers and into IT. I think it just took a long time for me to realize that. And even, even going into college, it took me a while to realize that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was doing criminal justice major and then computer science and finance, accounting. And there was no real guidance for me uh, into my career and what I wanted to be. So uh, it took a while for me to actually realize that like um, accounting wasn't for me. And like the final final stepping stone or breaking point or whatever was that around 2014, 2015, I took this job in accounting that was pretty much in the middle of nowhere. And I was living in Ohio and I ended up moving to like this remote location in Indiana and I was working in Illinois. Uh, and this it was like this 45 minute drive each way, which isn't terrible, but like I left all my friends behind. I left, you know, family, acquaintances, et cetera, behind because uh, I was chasing money. I was chasing this job that I, I wasn't even passionate about. And uh, I ended up like going into work when it was dark outside. I ended up coming home when it was dark outside and there was just no pure enjoyment in it. So uh, I hit this breaking point where I ended up actually walking out of my job and just moving out west. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I thought maybe like I'll be an Uber driver or I'll do something just to make some quick cash hustle until I could find out what my next move is. But I knew for sure I did not want to be an accountant. Uh, and from there, I started looking at jobs and uh, started thinking about what my passions were and what really motivated me in life and really kept coming back to IT. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I just knew that I had been using a computer since I was four years old. I started out in Prodigy, moved to AOL. I was building AOL chatbots and Visual Basic. I was building websites with HTML when I was like 10. Like I knew a lot of these things, but it never clicked to me that that was like my passion and should have uh, a lot sooner. So I just started looking at what I needed to do and what jobs were out there. And I started applying to jobs and ended up actually landing a job in help desk. Um, from there, it was just kind of figuring out what I wanted to be in the IT industry. I knew help desk was a good starting point. And I started just looking at jobs and a coworker ended up telling me, he's like, you know that there's people out there that get paid to do hacking. It's like, no, that's really cool. I thought it was just the bad guys on TV. I had no, no idea. Um, so I started looking into what I needed to do to become an ethical hacker and started working towards certification. So uh, over the course of two years, I knocked out probably, I don't know, 10 or 11 certifications, A+, Net+, Security+, Linux+, um, rolling into like the OSCP for hacking, OSWP, CEH, and really just geared myself to become this ethical hacker and uh, ended up getting my first pen testing job or ethical hacking job within two years or right around two years after starting the help desk. Uh, so yeah, my journey's been been kind of kind of crazy and the the twists and turns in between, even from starting help desk to uh, being an infosec, has been uh, it's been a crazy ride. But uh, that's a, a brief brief summary on my half. Yeah, man, you uh you you definitely put in work. That's for sure. I mean, that's, that's a lot of certifications in a two year time. Um, which one do you think was the most difficult? Uh, that's a good question. I honestly think, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely the OSCP for me, uh, because of not only the, the exam difficulties, but just the personal sacrifices I feel like I had to make. Um, I would go to work and then if I had downtime at work, I'd be studying. And if I came home and I have a I have a serious girlfriend at this time. I 
completely ignored her for like two months. Uh, so, and I told her before getting into it, like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be ignoring you. I want to get this done, but it takes a lot of time. And I'm spending probably five to six hours a day doing this certification. So, um, just uh, breathing, eating, living this certification. And uh, so that was a personal sacrifice and even a relationship sacrifice uh, temporarily to, to get that done. And then of course you have the lab environment. It's just known to be challenging. The exam environment is known to be challenging. Um, so definitely the amount of time studying and the commitment required for that was, uh, was definitely the most difficult out of any of them. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy, man. That's, that's awesome though. Yeah. Um, now you brought up the help desk. Um, you said that you knew that was kind of like the best entry point to getting your foot, you know, in, into the field really. So, um, can you expand on that a little bit? Because I, I always tell people like start off an entry level, it's really going to open up doors for you. It's going to, you know, show you a lot of the fundamentals of technology as a whole. And then you can kind of from there understand where your place kind of lies within it. Now, was that your experience or? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I had worked some like really basic help desk in college, like in my master's program. Um, and that was like, installing a printer or you know like troubleshooting something really basic I wasn't even allowed to touch Active Directory or anything along those lines so um, I had some very general knowledge but I quickly learned that I did not know nearly what I thought I did um, I when I started help desk I couldn't even tell you like what DNS was I didn't have my A plus certification I just got kind of really lucky uh, with the job and for me if you want to be something in a career like say you want to go into cybersecurity, you have to have these fundamentals or these building blocks to get there and having that help desk job that entry level job is a perfect fit to kind of teach you all those fundamentals all those building blocks and the nice thing about help desk too especially if you're working for like an msp you get to see all these different break fix scenarios where you would never encounter that anywhere else so you get to see all this technology and all these ways things can be broken and ways to fix them. And it really helps you learn not only about the software, but the networks behind it, uh, the infrastructure behind it and everything along those lines. So you just build this nice foundation and you grow into this. And that really assists you uh, when it comes time to actually looking into growing in your career and, and moving into more uh, complex or, you know, higher level jobs. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I can't, I couldn't have said that better myself, dude. Like that's, that's like spot on. I feel like, um, what, what got you interested in security though? Like how, how did that start? I mean, being in the help desk, you don't get really introduced that often to security related, you know, uh, tasks or projects and things like that. So where did that interest come? Yeah. So as soon as I heard about the, uh, ethical hacking type jobs, I went home that night and I started Googling it and just reading about other people's experience in the field, what you do, what you're, you're asked to do, um, and what those requirements were. And I said, this sounds, this sounds everything I've ever wanted to do in my entire life. Um, so from there, it was just, you know, like figuring out what I needed to do to get there. And I did have a supportive boss. Like I worked for an MSP. I didn't work for an MSSP, so no security aspect or focus. And I was always the guy like bringing these ideas like, hey, we should do this or, you know, like, like, for example, people would call in and they would have to provide absolutely no identification or credentials or whatsoever to prove who they were. And I'm like, do you understand how bad this could potentially be? Um, so just like things like that, I bring these ideas back. And I, I quickly realized, too, that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't anywhere I was going to grow in a security role. So, like, I started looking at what certifications and how I needed to move up Um and that's really where that interest was and how it grew and expanded. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what was the first certification you got then? Your A plus? It was my A plus. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. 
and then now you just you've grown so much man you've you've just like blew up <laughs> i just love seeing it I, I love the story i love hearing how you got to where you are today I which is that. what are you doing today besides being uh an amazing content creator and uh i hate using the word influencer because i think that's a stupid word but you know yeah well, no i definitely here? i definitely uh i definitely am an influencer by the way like it's like, I think if you take on this content creation role and you start getting as much subscribers as we do, um, you do have influence over people. People are going to listen to what you say. And like, I, I do take pride in that and try to guide people in, in the right direction. But yeah, other than that, just honestly staying busy. Like uh, I, I do have my own company now. So I, I do my own pen tests, uh, have clients. And that's kind of been my struggle slash journey the last uh eight or nine months now just working on that doing content creation uh doing social media and you know twitch streaming youtubing uh etc so i try to stay busy go to conferences give talks uh learn the newest and greatest things in the field because the field's always changing too so there's a lot of different hats that that i i feel that i'm wearing at any given time and uh, i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> that's awesome i i hear you man um I know what this is probably a question that somebody's going to ask, but what is it that you kind of do on a day to day basis as far as like your pen testing job goes? That yeah, as much detail as you could provide, or you know. Yeah, no, I, I can give you a background. So um, basically, it, it's work from home, um, and there are so many different types of assessments. And I'll, I'll kind of break it down. Like we we wear a bunch of different hats. You you have like a technical hat where you do your pen testing activities. You have a uh, a writer hat where you have to write reports and be well written and you have this uh you have like a consultant hat where you have to go and be in front of a client give a debrief talk to people uh and you also have like a politician hat where especially if you're a business owner like uh you have to deal with the fires if somebody's freaking out you, you there's no barrier or manager in between that you have to deal with that yourself um, but like on the technical side of things there's a bunch of different assessments that you end up doing um, and i'll kind of try to break break them down the so there's network assessments and there's external and internal type assessments uh, an external assessment would be like you or me just sitting at home trying to hack a company uh so we're, we could be we could play like we're russia china whoever just the bad guy trying to break in and uh, a lot of that nowadays is like you're not going to find exploits where it's just like some sort of exploit that you run and it just gives you something back um you're more so looking for bad policies in place like if they don't have multi-factor authentication on their logins and you could take login forms and you can just spray credentials like uh winter 2020 right now would be a big one and that would probably get you in in a lot of places uh, so you just you pass those passwords around and you spray those passwords and you try to get into these locations and see if you could get in to the internal network from the outside uh, the opposite of that is the internal network so that's where we would assume that we've breached the perimeter in some way or another and now we're looking at it from an inside perspective. And on that perspective, 99.9% .9 of the time, you're looking at Active Directory environments. So there's a lot of pen testing related to Active Directory and attacking Active Directory. Um, and so those, those are just learned over time as well. But uh, a lot of attacks revolving around like LMNR poisoning, curb roasting, SMB relay. It's a lot of SMB attacks, user attacks, et cetera. We have... Uh, of course, social engineering engagements, um, phys physical engagements as well, where it's like legal breaking and entering. Uh, so we'll do social engineering on site. We'll go out, we'll take a drone, do reconnaissance of a building. Uh, you, we might hang around a smoking area and try to like walk in with somebody or, you know, chat them up. 
we might try to like shim a door. It's usually not as much lock picking as people would think. It's more like shimming a door, or like something like a can of air that you can use to get past like infrared, um, badge cloning, et cetera. So a lot of that. And if it's just a pure social engineering engagement, you might be talking like phishing engagements or vishing engagements, uh, depending on who your target and what the value is there. We have wireless. So basically trying to hack, you know, wireless networks, depending on the, uh, the grade, if it's WPA2 personal or enterprise, uh, et cetera. We have malware assessments, email campaigns, et cetera, there too. Um, and then we have purple teaming engagements, which is where we'll sit down with a blue team or a defensive team. And I'll run an attack of some sort and I'll say, hey, did you see it? And they'll say, yeah, I saw it. No, I didn't see it. And then we kind of build these baselines in their sim to allow them to detect these attacks. And then that just improves them. And it's more of a maturity thing. Typically, you'll have a pen test or a couple pen tests, and then you'll start moving into this. How do we detect some of these attacks that we are having, you know, or could occur in our network? Uh, and then lastly is what's known as red teaming. So pen testing and red teaming are actually different, even though they're kind of always associated with each other. Red teaming is more of emulating an APT or an advanced persistent threat, somebody that's, uh, you know, like a, a, a country that has a big cyber threat. We'll just say like China, for example, and say that there's this company out there that's concerned that China might take some of their intellectual property and they want to see how they could be attacked. And you would do a red team assessment where maybe you'll go and you'll actually live down there. You'll spend a month down there and you'll, you'll just hang out where the employees hang out. You'll go to lunch. You'll maybe befriend one. You'll try to drop some USBs in a parking lot or you'll do something along the lines that is very, very stealthy. So like red, red teaming is very quiet where pen testing is like knocking at the front door. And red teaming, your, your goal is to just get into the network and get, the, get whatever it is you're after and get out. Um, and that can be a very, very long, expensive engagement. Um, and usually those are specialized teams that, that end up doing that. And so I think I, I covered a pretty good majority of, of what we did. Yeah, definitely. Um, so here's the question. What, what's your favorite part of all of it? Like where, what, if you had to like single out like one area within what you're doing, what, what, what area would that be? For me, I'm a network guy. Like I came from a network background. Um, I love the internal network assessments. So I'll answer this in two ways. The most rewarding for me is the external assessment. If I get into your internal network from the outside, that's super rewarding because I like to think of networks as like a house. If you if you think about your front doors, your front doors are, are got they've got some nice padlocks on them. Uh, you might have lighting. You might have dogs. You might have a lot of protections that will protect that front door from somebody breaking in. Um, and that's what an external network is like. Usually, because it's externally facing, you've got patching going on. You've got a lot of things going on, the defense measures there. Uh, the internal network is like your like your bedroom door. It might not even have a lock on it. Uh, so like you, you're up against more of this, this bloodbath inside. Um, but at the same time, the thinking process, if you have a mature client on an internal network, the the process that you might have to take and the roundabout ways to go to actually get in and capture like a domain controller, for example, uh, could be very exciting as well. So I like, I like network assessments as a whole. I think internals are my favorite with externals being the most rewarding on compromise. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, so the next question I have for you is going to be one that's definitely going to help. I think a lot of the people here on my channel, um, and that is, 
if you could give somebody advice that was looking to get into security, what advice would that be? Yeah, so um, I would say pick a role that you're interested in, look at the job descriptions, look at everything about that role and make sure that you're absolutely interested in it. Make sure like, not because it sounds sexy, not because you think it pays well, but because you have that pure interest at heart. Uh, from there, you need to start looking at your your foundations and you need to understand too that like cybersecurity is a field where things change literally every day. So you have to be always willing to study. If you're the person that kind of goes home at night and is interested in cybersecurity and that's a passion, you're willing to read up on it and you're willing to do your due diligence and learn about the new exploits and the new defenses all the time, uh, you might be one who would be a good fit for this field. And if that does check that box, if you're checking those boxes, then you need to start looking at the foundations for the specific career field. Like, for example, if you wanted to become an ethical hacker, you should be well-versed in networking. You should know some scripting or programming languages like Python or even just like Bash. Uh, and you should be familiar with Linux because we are in Linux a good majority of the time. So like you have to understand what the foundationals are, build those foundations, just like we were talking about with the A-plus certification working help desk. Uh, you build that foundation, then you build upon it, and you can work your way into cybersecurity a lot easier once you have that understanding. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so as somebody who uh, just brand new, right? Like they, they just heard somebody say, oh, cybersecurity is a great career, right? Like how does somebody get started? Like where, where is like that starting point and just learning? Yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, it, and again, it comes back to the foundations, right? Like, say if you're studying for for A+, um, you might be looking at somebody like Professor Messers, who I used when I was coming up, um, or like a Mike Myers type deal. And I think a lot of it is, like, a lot of this job, a lot of this whole IT career for everybody is Googling. And, like, being good at Google is going to save you a lot of time. And that's, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of questions that I'm just like, you could have Googled this. Like, yeah. this is a, a question that is like, if you're asking me this question, you're not doing your own due diligence to go Google and learn more about the field. So like, you're already failing one, as an IT professional, yeah, you know, exactly. if you if you can't Google, like it's your number one step. Exactly. Number one thing is that you're, nobody's going to hold your hand. Like I will, I will gladly answer questions for you as long as those questions are like a mentorship type question or something like, about experience or, but if it's a question that you could have gone to Google, uh, we're just going to look at you and say, sorry, dude, or sorry, ma'am. Like, you know, it's, it doesn't it, like, just go to Google and, and look it up. So like having that basic foundation, uh, being able to do your own research and then starting to look into like, just saying like, Hey, I, I don't know anything about it. Where's a good place to start. And then maybe you discover, okay, help desk might be the first job somebody typically gets in it. Well, what do I need to work on help desk? Well, a plus what's a good free resource for a plus. And you might uncover, uh, your YouTube channel, you might uncover Professor Messer, you might uncover a lot of people. And that's just all through research and Google, looking at Reddit, it's a fantastic resource, yeah. looking through YouTube's fantastic resource. Um, so just being able to research and do your own, your own due diligence, again, is, uh, is super important. Yeah, then did you, did you, I mean, you just got started here, what now, like five, six years ago now? right? Uh, 2013 was it? or No. That? So I, I started in uh, December of 2015. Was 2015. First, okay. First job. So, so did you utilize like any home labs when you were first kind of starting out or did that not develop until you really kind of piqued your interest in, in security more? 
that was much later. Um, my first home lab was like a Cisco lab when I was studying for the CCNA. And even then I actually preferred, like I understood why I needed to do it and get the hands-on experience, but I even then preferred just emulating it with like uh, with Packet Tracer, sure. for example. Um, so like I am not a big hardware guy, though I do advocate for you to have a home lab, even setting something up in like VMware or VirtualBox or however you need to do it and just understanding the connections, how they flow, what's going on. Um, I think that's super important. But the majority of my lab building exercises have been since I've been in cybersecurity. Awesome. And how how like how important has that been, do you feel like, towards you learning and understanding more about securing ideally, you know? Like that what what impact has that had? Super important because like you don't have <laughs> you're not going to be on site at a client or get the opportunity to just sit there and maybe you can run some exploits, but you're not going to be also be able to just sit there and also defend it. So like in your home lab, you could say, how does this exploit work? Let me figure it out. Okay. I'm going to run this exploit. There it is. It's working. Now, how do I defend against this? Let me go and try to turn that off and see if I can fix this issue. Uh, same thing. If you're like interested in threat hunting or detection, you can go and start digging into the windows events looking at what events trigger when you run certain activities and have the same kind of uh, same kind of success. So you get the you get the break fix aspect of it. You get to understand why exactly it's going on and you get to troubleshoot a lot of issues that happen as well because nothing runs out of the box perfectly the first time. So uh, you just get to learn way more about your own network and about how Windows, uh, specifically Windows environments works for Active Directory. Um, and it, it really does help a, a ton. It's made me a better teacher, a better pen tester, uh, everything overall. Awesome. Um, I only have like probably a couple more questions here for you. Um, and then we'll kind of go over to AMA, see what the, everybody in the, in the chat wants to ask. But, um, as far as starting out today, are there any specific certifications you feel like are going to be very helpful in a path towards cybersecurity? Yeah, so it depends what you want to do. I think like when we talk stepping stone jobs, a lot of people are using like a SOC analyst type role. Um, and I think a security plus to kind of get your foot in the door there is good. And you could pivot on a SOC analyst type job, moving from like, you can move into red teaming, you can move into blue teaming, you can move into threat hunting, uh, even incident response. There's a lot of different ways you can go. So I would encourage people to look maybe towards the security plus type certification and go from there and then start looking at, okay, what field do I want to go into? Look at those job descriptions and see specifically what certifications are there that they're asking for. Because uh, obviously a red team certification is going to be significantly different from a blue team certification um, and the type of roles that they want. So it's hard to say anything above that level, but I think that security plus is a good foundation. And it opens a lot of doors, especially in the U.S. if you're looking at like government 8570 type jobs. Um, and just getting your foot in the door in a lot of locations, it's kind of a bare minimum requirement. Awesome. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought because there's a lot going That's on okay. in the chat here. Um, so I guess overall, is there any other? Well, here, I guess first, this is what I was thinking, because I get this question all the time. And it's people asking me, how do I get in cybersecurity? Right? Like always. That that is that is literally the question. How do I get into cybersecurity? And my question always back to them is like, well, what do you want to do in cybersecurity? Like, yep. right? Cybersecurity is such a broad term nowadays. And it's like so much is encompassed under that. Um, do you receive like that specific question? All the time. And my, my response is always, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because that's just like you said, it's 
it's such a broad field. It's uh, it's hard to really say without knowing exactly what they want to be. So for anybody out there that's going to ask, how do you get into cybersecurity? First, define what it is that you would like to do. So yep. I just want to make sure that we get that out of the way before people start asking that specific question. Um, so the last question I guess I have before we get to the, the, the chat is, is there any other advice that you could give to um, these potential IT professionals who just want to get started in IT or security as a whole? Yeah. Um, so definitely stay hungry, stay motivated, keep, keep working at it. Um, and don't, don't worry about like imposter syndrome. Don't worry about what others are doing. Just worry about what you're doing. Uh, also when it comes time to actually applying for jobs, never look at the job requirements too seriously. Like don't let a job requirement discourage you always apply for that job regardless, because the worst thing that can happen is they're going to say no to you. Uh, the best thing that can happen is they call you in for an interview. So I always tell people to ignore that and also ignore anybody that's like a gatekeeper or says like, Hey, you need to, you need to pay your dues in this job position. You need to stay in help desk for two years before you can move on to the next role or the next block. Um, you should be moving on when you feel that you're ready and that you've learned. And if there's no place for you to move forward or move up, uh, it's probably time to move on. If you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, it's probably time to move on as well. Awesome. Sorry, I'm, I was pulling something up here real quick. Um, so before we go over to the chat and see what people have to say, I'm, I'm plugging your course real quick because there's been a couple oh, people in the chat who said that they've got or they're going through it currently. Um, I purchased this course like right when it first launched, probably a couple days after you first launched it. I'm maybe like only an hour and a half or so into it, but I've loved what I've seen so far. The feedback that you have received from this course, I think, has been outstanding. Like it, I mean, I, if I look, we're looking at it right now. I mean, you got high rating, got a lot of students involved there. I know you've probably heard a lot of great things about it, but I just want people out there to know. Here's pra practical ethical hacking, the complete course. This is by Mr. Heath Adams here. There's a link in the description of this live stream for you guys to go and check it out. Um, is there anything that you want to kind of mention about this course? Um, nothing in particular, just like it is, it is what I've, uh, I mean, I built this in mind with a niche in the market, like all the courses that I've seen, even that I've come across like the CEH and even some of the bigger name certifications, the courses on Udemy, a lot of them do not teach the practical skills and the actual skills that you're going to need when you get into the field of ethical hacking. So if you're looking to become an ethical hacker or you're even looking to see as like a blue teamer or somebody that's just curious to see what attacks go on in a network, a real network environment, um, that is what this is geared towards. That's what it's designed for. Uh, and other than that, I mean, I, I really hope that if you do buy the course, you enjoy it. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so let's, I'm going to kick it over to the chat here and see uh, what questions come up. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize you have a discord, so I got to find the link to that real quick too. So people can join that. Is it open Discord? It is an open Discord. I will. Uh, I can shoot you a link real quick. All right. And that that might be a little easier. I, I already got it. Oh, you got it. You're yeah. fast. Look at you. There we go. There's a link to the Discord. Uh, so Triven. Triven Kumar says, hi, Heath and Zach. I have close to 10 years experience in incident management. Wanted to move to pen test. How practical is my wish? 
Um, so I believe that anybody can move to pen test if like you have the interest and pen test right now is like a field that it doesn't matter if you are 40 years old, 50 years old, it really, what matters is we need people that actually care the people that are again, willing to put in that time, that study, etc. So if you're willing to move, I've seen people move from all different crazy kinds of fields. And if you meet a lot of pen testers, they're going to tell you they come from all various sorts of backgrounds. Most of them aren't really from IT to begin with. So um, I think that, yeah, it's absolutely possible. Again, you just have to put in that work and uh, you'll absolutely make it there if you do. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I always refer back to this uh, story that I heard when I was at InfoSec World a couple years ago that there was a fisherman uh, like out in the Netherlands or something. And he had some kind of sonar system, right, to, to view the fish underwater. And he found some... Uh, he was playing around with the, the, the software um, and the actual hardware, and he found some kind of exploit in it. And he got intrigued by it. He started learning more about this. So he went from being like literally like this commercial fisherman to um, a pen tester because of this. And it was always just like such a, this crazy story for me to hear that it's like you could start off from anywhere. And as long as you kind of begin to understand and put in that work, like, you can do it. Like you can, you could do this. Like you can become a pen tester, no matter what your background is, no matter what you previously done in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a wicked cool story. I've never heard that before, but that yeah. that's the kind of people that you see all over the field. It's just, it's these weird backgrounds and uh, yeah, any, anybody, literally anybody can become a pen tester. Yeah. Just put in the work guys. Yep. Um, what are your views on Python? Uh, so my views are that it's important to learn at least the at least the language and uh, what i tell people is like i'm not a developer by any means i'm what i call a google developer so if i want to put something together i will google all the little bits of logic that i think need to exist and kind of slap it together um, i do think back to what i was saying earlier about the foundations understanding a scripting slash coding language is good even if it's the basics like do you know what a variable is do you know what looping is do you know what like uh like conditions are right, and if you can understand just the basics of these uh, these programming languages, it'll help a lot. Now, Python is one of the easiest languages for people trying to get into uh, coding and development to actually learn. I think it's super useful to have as a tool set, regardless of what field you're going into. But for a lot of the fields, you don't have to be a full-on coder, and that doesn't have to be your goal. I would say start with the goal of just understanding it, maybe building out a few scripts automate some some basic things and uh, i think it's a really useful useful language yeah don't no, definitely i can definitely agree with that I, I think just learning any scripting language in general is and you don't have to be an expert in it i feel like no. you know it's just understand some of the fundamentals of it because as you even just learn and understand one of them when you get introduced to new ones you can look at it and you can kind of understand what's going on. Now you're not going to be an expert in it, right? But you you will have an understanding of at least what the script is trying to do. And I think that's really important. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, I, uh, thank you for the $2 super chat, Allie. She says, Zach, very important. Tell Heath I said, hi. <laughs> hi, so, Allie. So, yep. Yeah, there you go. Hi from Allie. Um, what do you think about cybersecurity boot camps? Uh, it's, it's tough. Um, it's a lot of money and there's, I feel like there's not a lot of guarantee. A lot of them throw a guarantee out there, but if you're looking into something like that, my suggestion would be to find other students who have graduated, go look on LinkedIn, go look other places, do your research again and try to talk to these people and ask them if they would go back, would they do this 
over again uh, because it's such an expensive thing to do. And when you're doing boot camps, you're just forcing, like force feeding information. Uh, I, it's hard to retain a lot of information, I feel like, in such a short period of time as well. So um, I think it comes back to doing your due diligence, doing your research, and making sure that you're understanding what the program offers, what the job placement rates actually are, um, and not some statistic that they're maybe altering or using in their benefit uh, to sway you to purchase. For sure. I, I could definitely agree with that. I'm not a big fan of boot camps. I think it's, it's way too much information drilling you in the face for like a week. And then yep. if you're not doing like your due diligence, like you say, then you're going to forget pretty much everything that you just learned. It's such a, just like an information cram. I, I can't get on board with that, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's hard to recommend to anybody. And I, I usually tell people no, but some people are dead set on it. And it's yep. just, again, you got to do your research. Uh, so what about college now? Uh, I guess I'm not, I mean, I'm asking this question. Nobody's asked it yet, but you, so you have a degree within accounting then, right? Yep. So that's yeah. probably actually helped you out in so many ways that you don't even realize, <laughs> right? Cause it's a degree and it marks that checkbox. Um, yeah. but how, what do you feel about that? So college, it's a tricky discussion. Um, I, I do have a undergrad and I've got a master's, um, and that's helped me a lot on the business side, owning a business. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of degrees being pushed out there, especially like cybersecurity degrees that are really policy based, or they're just not updated to the way they should be because cybersecurity changes daily. And you have these programs where they're probably not updating their curriculum, but every couple of years. And if you're updating every couple of years, you're already outdated. Uh, so it's really hard to, to advocate for cybersecurity programs. There are some that are out there that are actually legitimate, but uh, I'm so removed from the game. You know, I think that uh, you're better off with computer science degree if you're going to get a degree more so than risking it on a cybersecurity program. My advice is this, like if you are wanting to go to college, then go to college if it interests you. If you're trying to get into cybersecurity, more and more so nowadays, you don't have to go to college. The thing is that you will be limiting yourself on some positions. There are absolutely jobs out there that will not even look at you if you don't have college degree. Um, and there are jobs out there that literally, like you said, just want a checkbox. So like, it doesn't matter. You could have went to, to some random school in the middle of nowhere, but as long as your resume says bachelor's on it, then they're happy. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of these places don't really care where your degree is from, just as long as you have it. But that, if that is the, the goal for you, the, the thing you have to look at is how expensive is college going to be? And what is your return on investment? Like, are you spending $100,000 on that degree? And is that degree going to pay back itself plus more? Are you spending $10,000 on your degree? Then maybe it's worth it. Is the time invested, the four years, uh, is that four years that you lose? Could you have used that to be in the field, earning salary at a time, earning experience, and already come out at a higher salary with more dividends? So there's a lot of questions that you need to weigh. You need to look at the pros and cons and really think about it. Um, again, you, in summary, you can be closed out of a lot of jobs for not having it, but college is super, super expensive in the States at least. Um, so it's really dependent on your situation and a lot of other factors. For sure. For sure. Uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, Macarary. I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. Uh, but she just says, thank you for all your help. If you have a question, please put it in the chat and uh, we'll definitely get your question as soon as we can here. And then another super chat from Ryan Kassoon. They said they were offered a full ride from WGU. Do you think majoring in networking with a CCNA would be a needed foundation or major in cybersec with I, uh, ISCT, ISCT 
two certs. I can't even talk. I'm getting a phone call at the same time trying to talk. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So the WGU is um, one of those one of those platforms where you can knock out a degree relatively quick. It's like more of your own pace. So it's not like that brick and mortar. You have to do your four years. You have to get it over with. So like if you got a full ride, you can get all these certifications for free and you can check that box. I think it's a pretty good deal. Uh, at the same time, yes, I think the CCNA, coming from somebody who has a CCNA, I think that it is useful to, to have um, because like, at least as a pen tester, I encounter Cisco stuff all the time. And if I break into a Cisco a box or equipment or router or whatever, I know how to navigate around that command line once I'm in there. Um, my only advice is unless you're interested in Cisco equipment in particular, I would stop it at the CCNA. And if you're only, unless you're interested in like, specifically um, doing networking related stuff, I would also probably stop it at the CCNA because I know people in the field that have CCNP or even CCIE and they come in and yeah, you're a pen tester, but then somebody's gonna be like, that guy's got a CCNP, that guy's got a CCIE. Let's bring him in for this network job over here. Let's bring him in for something else. And you never really get away from that. I feel like uh, in a lot of jobs, you never really get away from that title once you earn it. So um, I would be very cautious about moving past that, but I do think a CCNA is a, a good foundational certification for anybody willing to get into or wanting to get into cybersecurity. Awesome. I've heard that many times, <laughs> many times. So that's good. To, uh, <laughs> it's always good to kind of hear it again because it, it yeah. really kind of drills at home so people understand. Uh, so I'm going through the chat looking, seeing what we got. Uh, Eduardo. What do you think of Team Treehouse to learn coding? Because that's what I'm going to use to learn Python. Yeah, so a long time ago, I used them for Python. And I thought um, I thought it was really good, actually. I used them for Python and JavaScript. I I think it was like 25 bucks a month. It was fairly, fairly reasonable. And the videos were high quality. Was, the content was great. And they had a lot of hands-on uh, tutorials as well. So I thought, I thought Team Treehouse was fantastic. Awesome. Do you have a, a preference as far as, I, I know this is like a, a very touchy question, but CEH or uh, OSCP? Yeah, so as somebody who has both, um, don't, don't do the CEH. Please don't do the CEH. There, the only exception to this is if the CEH is a job requirement in your country specifically, um, maybe it's worth considering, but you will not, there's no way you will become a pen tester or anything close to a pen tester by completing that certification. You will barely learn anything. It is a, it is very much a, uh, like learn all these weird switches and commands and stuff that you'll likely never see or use again. Um, and then it just turns into like a brain dump when it comes exam time on that. So the only thing here is for like the US, again, touching back on that DOD, that 8570 requirement, the CEH is there, and if you want to work in DOD, having the CEH uh, Department of Defense, if you want to work in the government, uh, that will help you significantly with landing a role or is a requirement for uh, for the 8570. So otherwise, I would I would say the OSCP has the biggest ROI. It's on nearly 99% of ethical hacking certification job or ethical hacking job requirements. Uh, and it's probably, it's actually around the same price, if not cheaper. I think I paid like 1200 for my OSCP and 2000 for my CEH. So the, uh, the OSCP was like 1200 bucks. And then my first job was over a hundred thousand dollars. So the ROI there is very, very significant, um, for the time you invest. Awesome. Do you have any thoughts on the pen test plus? Have you seen anything on that? 
Yeah, actually, I so okay. I took the pen test plus in beta because I thought it was a good way to actually just up all my certifications and see, you know, see about the exam. And I will say that I was already working in the field, already had my OSCP, and that exam was pretty tough. Um, so I, I do give it kudos there. The issue with it is it, I'm not seeing it anywhere right now on any sort of uh, job requirements. And there's still no practical exam. Like the OSCP has that practical exam to it where you have to actually do something to prove you have knowledge. This is more of just a, you know, multiple choice. There's some scenarios, typical CompTIA. Um, but like, I think the exam was good. The questions were good. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to improve to an employer or make you a pen tester again at the same time. So. Right. How do you feel about overall? Because you have a, quite a few CompTIA certs. How do you feel about the their questions and stuff that they ask on those exams? Uh, sometimes it doesn't feel like they put a lot of effort into their questions and you see typos and you see weird yeah. stuff and they're questionable. Um, yeah, I mean, their their exams are all right, I guess. I, I I don't regret taking them and I think that they helped me get, you know, my foot in the door in a lot of places. But uh, yeah, they the exams are very interesting. They're different, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I end up going through my security plus. There's like so many questions I'd have to read at least like four or five times, like yeah, just so absolutely. I could actually understand what the hell they're asking me. I'm like, what? Wait, hang absolutely. on. I'm gonna read this a few times. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Mark Marquan Lee, thank you for the super chat. They say I want to switch to the IT department at my job. Should get my security plus to get a head start, or just apply for jobs without it. I mean, uh, if if it's at your job, I would go try to talk or network with somebody over there, see what they want and what the requirements are, uh, and then start basing that off of it. It's and it's weird when it's at your job. There's a lot of politics too, so make sure like you're you're talking to somebody that you trust and somebody that's not going to like go to your manager and be like, hey, so and so wants to leave and move to this other department as well. So uh, I would say one, be careful. Two, network. Make sure you understand what the job is actually doing over there as well. Uh, what the requirements are, and then study based on that. Awesome. that I can agree with that for sure. Uh, Ian Hart, sorry, is someone looking at incident response and threat intelligence after CISA Plus, where should I be looking? Uh, I don't, so I will say I don't know a ton about incident response. The only things that I know um, is that you have to be okay with a lot of travel. There's a lot of travel, and there's a lot of short notice travel because you're responding to incidents. Um, in terms of certifications, I don't know of a ton out there um, that are for it because I'm not really in the field. My recommendation would be looking at some of the jobs. There are some some teams out there that have it. Um, there's a lot of the the big hacker organizations like Rap Rapid Seven has uh, incident response team. Um, so I would start looking at maybe some of the hacker organizations that are known out there and and look at their incident response requirements and what kind of certifications or what they're they're after for those uh, those roles. Yeah. I think um, EC Council has some a certification or two geared towards. I don't know if it's it might be incident response. I don't know. They have quite a few different certifications, but it sounds like a majority of the security community is not a big fan of EC Council. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend them to anybody, unfortunately. So. Yeah, no, that's fine. I respect it. They don't they don't pay my bills, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you do any bug bounties? Have you ever participated in a bug bounty? Or is that that's a little yeah. outside of your realm? Or no, it's so it's um, and I can't believe I didn't touch on this. It's so web application pen testing is the other thing that we do as pen testers. Um, 
And that's really what it is. It's, it's all mostly web-based. I mean, bug bounties can be software. They can be even car hacking, other things. Um, but a lot of the big majority of it's web-based. And the methodology of doing a web application pen test versus bug bounty hunting is very similar. It's just what you're after that's different. So the, the pen tester might write you up for every little nitpicky detail where the bug bounty hunter can only submit based on impact. So if you're missing like a, a header in your response, your HTTP response is missing some sort of header, um, I'm gonna write you up for that, but that's not gonna have any impact on the website in reality unless it could be chained to something that gains some sort of exploit. Uh, so I have done some bug bounty hunting. I'm on a few different programs, a lot of private programs. Uh, it is not my primary source of income only because the ROI that I get from working on clients or doing my own thing is a lot larger. Uh, and I'd have to spend, I don't know what the equivalent amount of time is, but I'm just not, I'm not as skilled as some of the people that you see that's out there. And that's another thing to point out too, is like, you see a lot of people posting these $20,000, $30,000 bugs. Those are probably the 1% of the 1%. Most of the bugs are like $100, $200. So if you're in the US and you're not like a college student and you're trying to do this full time, uh, it's going to be an uphill battle. I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just a lot of time invested to get to that point. Um, if you're in other countries where the cost of living is low, obviously it could be more lucrative for you to learn this and, and do this as something you've worked from home or even doing in college. So uh, me personally, I don't do a ton of it. I do play around just to keep my skills fresh and look at look at different websites um, when I, I have the time. But yeah, I, I do encourage people to at least give it a try. And it's a good way to learn web application pen testing, even if you're uh, not looking to pursue bug bounties full time. Awesome. Um, outside of YouTube, what what's your favorite like resources to use to uh, stay up to date? Yeah, um, communities, honestly, communities and Twitter. So if I if I check Twitter and there's a like if there's a big bug out, the first place is going to be is all over Twitter. Um, so like that's a good place to get your your up to date news and being in part of communities like a Discord community or a Slack or whatever the those are. Uh, they will be posting, talking about all the chatter, anything in the news. Somebody's going to see it. Somebody's going to post it. Um, there's other websites out there too, like Ars Technica or even Reddit will have these things if you subscribe to the right subreddits. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to get your news and, and stay current and up to date uh, outside of YouTube. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Reddit. I'm, I find a lot of useful information there. And of course, Twitter. I mean, Twitter's just like yeah. an endless, endless amount of information, I feel like. There's so well, many different people you could follow there. Yeah, absolutely. And chances are with Reddit, like if you have a question of any sort and you just type your question in with Reddit, somebody has asked that question and somebody else has given advice on that. Uh, yeah. So I, I go to Reddit almost as a main source uh, if I yeah. can't find it right away on Google. So Yeah. Oh, a lot of times like when, uh, when I was actually working in the field, like Reddit was usually probably like my number two resource. Or when I was doing a Google search, at the end of it, I would have Reddit. <laughs> yep. Because then it, I, I know for sure I'd get an answer. And exactly. I think like 99% of the time, the answer probably was on Reddit, thankfully. Yep. So yeah, that's it's like an invaluable resource right there. Uh, Ian Hartz want, wants you to say something about VetSec. Ah, yes, the, the wonderful shirt. Uh, so VetSec is a community that we started uh, 2018. So it's almost been two years. And now it's a nonprofit organization. It's got a board, it's got everything. And they're, they're doing a lot of great things over there. Um, it is for military members, current, former, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what country you're a part of. 
Um, if you were a military in the military at any point in time and you're looking to get into cybersecurity, you already work in cybersecurity, uh, that is veteransec.com. There is a Slack channel that you can join. And last time I checked, it was over, over a thousand members there. Um, and there's just a lot of great success stories of people helping each other find jobs, work on resumes, and just having somebody to talk to, especially if you're former military, uh, that, you know, sometimes like you just have something going on, you need a buddy to talk to and feel like somebody that, that can maybe understand you a little bit better. So it's a great resource for anybody that uh, has had that experience and is looking to network with others that have similar backgrounds. Awesome. Thank you for your service, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so we're closing in on, the, on an hour here. Um, if anybody has any other questions, uh, make sure you guys tag me or at me, you know, at IT career questions. So I see it or send a super chat or something. So we see it because otherwise with the chat, it just all gets jumbled into one another. I can't keep track. That's, that's always the problem with live streams. It's so hard to keep up sometimes with people. Yeah. The, the more popular you get, you got 170 people watching. It's insane. Anything over a hundred is almost impossible to manage because the questions flow through way faster. Than you can Man, when I got like 50 people watching me, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I can't keep up with y'all. Uh, yeah. Shreya, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, but they're an <laughs> MCA graduate. How can I start with CyberSec? And how is the job requirement for fresher starting with CyberSec career? Well, kind of went yeah, over that, that earlier. That's uh, that's the back to the Google, honestly. So a lot of that, rewatch this uh, and look at what you want to be when you grow up in Google and and start there. Yeah, if you, if you guys want to start in cybersecurity, first figure out, in what area of cybersecurity you want to work in, you know, there's what threat intelligence, there's assurance, there's, you know, there's gosh, uh, what did I say? Incident response, there's pen testing, you know, I feel like the list could go on and I could probably sit here for another hour trying to name everything <laughs> yeah. that happens. I'm not but, sure I could name every field in cybersecurity. Yeah. Just that'd be impossible. Mm -hmm. Uh, which certifications would you recommend for developing in the information assurance side? I would like to be an ISSO, uh, CAP versus CASP versus CISSP versus CISM. There are so many. Yeah, there are a lot. That's, that's a good question. I don't know a ton about the information assurance side. I can tell you that out of any of those, uh, the CISSP, especially if you're looking into management, is probably the way to go. It's just the the premier certification for such a long time that's always on the top of the list. You see it on almost every job application. So like that couldn't hurt to have, but in terms of like very specific related, um, like in information assurance, I don't know in particular, I haven't worked in that field. No problem. Um, what is the primary requirement of cybersecurity? Uh, I, I can answer this one. Always be learning. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I'll agree. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, what do you feel about like learning Linux? Yeah, you have. I don't think you even touched. You said you have your Linux Plus, but yeah. Uh, as far as like being a requirement, how often are you running across Linux boxes during your pen testing and and things like that? So, in, in terms of pen testing, not a ton. Um, I would say it's majority is going to be um, running Windows, but at the same time, we run in Linux. Like you have Kali Linux, you have Parrot, you have all different types of variations or distributions of Linux that you're using. Uh, and some people are moved to Windows. And I do some pen testing out of Windows, but the majority of what I do is just easy run right out of uh, right out of Linux. So if you want to be a pen tester specifically, Linux is great knowledge to have. 
if you want to like broaden your horizons and work in cybersecurity, Linux is great knowledge to have. Like you don't have to necessarily go out and get Linux Plus certified, but maybe watch a YouTube series on Linux or uh, you know do some sort of training that's out there. They they have various all kinds of resources on Linux. It's such a popular platform. Yeah, for sure. I went through my like LPI Linux Essentials or something a couple of years ago and. That was like the first time I had ever gotten introduced to Linux because, I mean, I've been working in IT since like 2000, 2001, never ran across Linux ever. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, in the last few years, like I've seen how important it is. I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to figure it out. I did. I, I'm glad that I did because yeah. Linux is everywhere. We had a, uh, we had a MSP client and we had nobody. Okay. So the, the boss calls us and he's just like, yeah, we just hired this new client and they're a completely Linux organization. And we're just like, nobody here knows Linux. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, exactly. So get on it. And it was like, it's just Red Hat organization. And I learned the most there just trying to troubleshoot and literally just BSing my way. I remember being in there and uh, this guy was like, how do you install something? Is it yum? And I'm like, yeah, that, that's totally it. Like, <laughs> I had no way, uh, no way of knowing, but uh, I, I figured it out eventually just thrown into the situation. That's awesome. Uh, we have a question here from Allie. She says, how about keeping up with motivation? InfoSec can be rough. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's important not to get burned out. Like you need to take time for yourself, whether you have a significant other, partner, whatever. You like to watch TV, then go watch some TV. You want to watch Netflix, go binge on Netflix. Every day does not have to be a study day. Even if you're like in the middle of something and you're ripping your hair out, go take a walk. Uh, go play a video game. Whatever distresses you, it's important to keep those in your life. If you are just sitting there constantly going 24-7 and you're not uh, taking this time for yourself, you're going to get burnt out quick and you're going to lose your motivation. So uh, definitely like keep the big picture in mind. Keep where you want to be and keep thinking about that. But also don't let yourself get overwhelmed in the, in the process. For sure. It's, a, it's important to disconnect from time to time. You know, I, I feel like it is. I there's no way I could possibly do everything that I do and not disconnect every once in a while and say, all right, I'm not going to touch my phone. I'm not going to go on, on the internets. Like just yep. cut, cut it out. That's hard to do. <laughs> it is hard to do. It's it, especially when this is like what you do. It's very hard yeah, to do, but you absolutely. need it. You need like that. Just like that quick. It's just like doing a quick reboot, you know? Yep. Uh, thank you, Devin, for this, the super chat. They say I'm currently an IT tech plan on finishing my network plus and security plus, uh, this year, but wanted to know what I should do afterwards to become a pen tester. Yeah. So it sounds like you would have a baseline in networking baseline security. I would start looking at Linux. Um, I look at Linux, look at learning bash or look at learning Python, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and then once you have that, that Linux foundation, that scripting foundation, then start looking into a certification. Um, maybe you could do like, you know, do hack the box, play around there, download Kali Linux and, and start looking at um, the methodology of actually, you know, attacking machines and how to actually do that. And then maybe go in and do something like the OSCP to get a foundational certification in the field. Solid. I'm on board with that. I can agree. Cool. Um, I don't know. There's, there's not, not too much there. So. I appreciate you coming on, man. I really do. I think uh, we got a lot of useful information from this. A lot of people had their questions answered. We were on top of it. So thank you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we've, again, we've talked about this for such a long time and finally got to make it happen. So really excited to be here. I was looking forward to it. And um, Yeah, man, I, me too. I, 
appreciate it a ton being here. So for sure. If you guys haven't checked out the cyber mentor yet, um, I know I have links in the description below. Make sure you guys check out his course because it is solid. A lot of people love that course, man. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Glad to see you you're doing big things, man. It's awesome. So maybe we could do this again. Maybe we can uh, figure out like a more specific topic and, and dive into it if you're ever interested. Or yeah, I'm, I'm always on. happy to come back. So Awesome, man. I appreciate that. So is there anything else you want to add before we, uh, we shut her down? Uh, no, just honestly, like if you're looking to get into this field of cybersecurity, just again, stay motivated, stay hungry, um, and just keep studying. Don't, don't lose focus. Don't worry about other people. Don't get imposter syndrome. That's easier said than done, but just worry about yourself and nobody else. And you'll get to your finish line when you get there. Uh, just keep motivated and it'll, good things will happen for you. Just work hard. Yeah. I, I want to expand on that. Cause you know, you know, these people are following us, right? They're following uh, these people. We've done great things in our lives and we're trying to help other people. And it's really hard to kind of separate yourself from what you're watching. You know, it's really hard to kind of separate the the two. Like you guys have to focus on yourself. Don't pay attention to what we're doing and what right. other people on social media are doing. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what you're doing. And just because somebody, you know, goes out and takes their OSCP in, you know, three months doesn't mean that you can do that too. You know, not everybody's the same. So take the time, figure it out on your own, and you guys can do it. Absolutely. And not enough people post their failures. Uh, everybody always posts the successes and everybody always retweets the big successes. So it gets lost in the mix that people fail way more than they succeed. So like, you don't have to be worried about that at all. Just again, yeah, focus on yourself and you'll you'll get there in your own time. Yeah, I failed my security plus the first time I took it. I posted about it right away. And it was, yeah. the, that was the best thing for me. I'm so glad that I failed it the first time. Cause I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have gone out and done it again without, yeah. the, you know, like it, it was just such a huge, like, it was, it was a big deal, man. So yeah, everybody out there fails. It's all right, guys. Yeah. But anyway, thank you, sir, for being on. I really do appreciate it. Everybody out there always be learning and have a great day. Make sure you check out the cyber mentor, Twitter, uh, discord, you're on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, Links in the description. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you again to Heath Adams for being our guest on this podcast. If you guys want more information on Heath, check the links in the description below. If you guys want to see the video version, they are available on YouTube. That's all we got in this first episode. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for more.